We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Two pitch, ball line to Yount, it's short, he throws, it's over! The Brewers have won the American League pennant! Milwaukee, you have a World Series! Hit in the air, Yount makes a great catch, and Juan Diemus has thrown the first no-hitter in Milwaukee Brewer history! Swings, and here it is! A base hit in the right center! He's done it. 3,000 for Robin. And there's a drive to the left field. This is hit well. And it's gone. Robin A two-run home run. The Brewers take the lead. Morgan, a smash up the middle. Base hit the center. You're cruising for a bruising with me, Andrew Snyder. And me, Adam McGee. As we talk all things Milwaukee Brewers for the Eurostep Podcast Network and Blue Wire Podcast. The long winter of our discontent is over. Brewers baseball is uh, is back in our lives. Three-game set against the Chicago Cubs at Wrigley Field has just concluded. But this, this is a different sort of cruising for a bruising because myself and my intrepid colleague, Adam McGee, are currently boots on the ground just across the highway from American Family Field. We've uh, just come from uh, a Bucks game last night, watching the Brewers in person on Saturday at Wrigley Field, and you know we're fired up to, to talk Brewers baseball. And Adam, uh, this this is a weird one. Uh, how are you feeling? Your first trip to Milwaukee, your first trip to see the Bucks, first trip to see the Brewers. Preceding that, it's all happening, and it's uh, all coming fast and furious. It sure is all happening. Uh, first off, excuse some of the, the handling sounds. We were passing a microphone back and forth, so that's a little bit different. As you said, I am, I'm looking at Ampham right now. From my position, I can see it from where I'm sitting. Don't know if I ever really anticipated us doing a podcast looking at the stadium, in spite of the opportunity for in-person um, going to see Brewers games, all that kind of stuff. Having a lot of fun so far. 
Uh, great to see the Brewers in action in Chicago. Great to get to Wrigley. We'll talk a bit more about that. Fantastic to get a big Bucks win over the Sixers to set us up into an exciting series and hopefully some more Brewers wins against the Mets. Yeah, we've got quite the schedule we're undertaking here uh, today as you're listening to this uh, preceding Brewers opening day. We've got Mets Brewers. Then, of course, we've got our watch party uh, tomorrow, Tuesday, where we'll be watching Bucks Wizards and Brewers Mets. And then we finish off our trip with Brewers Mets on Wednesday, wrapping up that three-game series. And just on the subject of the watch party, one final note. For anyone who didn't, if you weren't sure at the time we put the word out, here's your chance. We're going to give you the details. We're going to be at Pile Project in Milwaukee from 6 p.m. We're going to be watching the Brewers. We're going to be watching the Bucks. whole GSPN crew is going to be there. Already we know a whole bunch of listeners are going to show up. We're very excited. So if you're around, you want to watch the games, feel free to come down and join us. And before uh, we wax poetically about being in a baseball f- park together, we'll do what we always do in this podcast, and we will recap Milwaukee Brewers baseball. Because this series did get started off on Thursday, March 30th. Uh, I was in attendance uh, with my wife who was really a trooper in deciding to come with me to a frigid Wrigley Field and watch my beloved Milwaukee Brewers take on the Chicago Cubs in hostile territory. It was cold, it was a little windy, but the sun was out. It was a great day for baseball. Marcus Stroman on the mound against Corbin Burns. Uh, I gotta say, before we get into this, uh, last year the recurring bit on this podcast was me just yelling about how much I hate the Cubs and their fans over and over again whenever I got the opportunity. Now that I've gotten the experience of sitting in a baseball stadium and watching their fans be happy about the Cubs taking a lead, it's true hatred down in my soul. Anyway, like we said, Corbin Burns on the mound against Marcus Stroman uh, with the cold weather. First off, I want to say this. I, I will give credit to a Cubs player briefly. Marcus Stroman is so good for the game of baseball. Pre-game, just going around, firing up the crowd, uh, the the guys in the bleachers, getting them ready for action when it's cold as he's going through warm-ups. So respect to Marcus Stroman, even if I hope you fail against the Milwaukee Brewers going forward. Uh, this game was a game about the third inning because that's where it kind of came unraveled for Cor- Corbin Burns and previously where the Brewers left a big opportunity on the table. Burns seemed to be fighting the command of his cutter. Now, from from my seat in the uh, left field corner, I didn't have exact uh, reading on the strike zone, so I'll turn it over to Adam here in a minute who watched this game on TV and could get a better sense of, you know, how it seemed like Corbin was fighting through that outing. But starting in the third inning with Stroman on the mound, Bryce Terang reaches base on an infield single, ends up getting to second on a throwing error by Nico Horner. Christian Yelich walks. Jesse Winker strikes out. Uh, Willie Adamas walks to load the bases with one out for Rowdy Telez. Rowdy Telez grounds into a double play. Tough opening series for Telez. Not too worried about him moving forward. He got out of a World Baseball Classic run with Mexico where you're playing high-intensity baseball games, and he played well. And then you go back into spring training and then thrust right into the opening series uh, of the season. So not too worried about Rowdy, although that was a disappointing moment to to squelch out a rally um, when the Brewers really needed to start scoring some runs. Turn it over to the bottom of the third. That's where Burns uh, just seemed to lose a little bit. Uh, Patrick Wisdom walks. Uh, Miles Mastroboni grounds into a fielder's choice. Um, so there's one out in the inning. Nico Horner follows out with a single. Dancy Swanson singles to score Mastroboni. Um, and then Nico Horner scores on a throwing error by Willie Adamas, who was trying to catch, uh, catch uh, Swanson off the base at first base. 
Didn't really work out. Throw gets away. Ian Happ then walks. Cody Bellinger strikes out. Trey Mancini singles uh, to left to score Swanson. Ayan Gomes, fielder's choice, scores Ian Happ. And it would be 4-0 Cubs after the third inning. So Cubs lead, or Brewers leave some runs on the bases in the third. And then the Cubs erupt for four runs thanks to some errors, some mistimed plays, and Corbin Burns seeming to lose it. Now, my reading of the game was that he was having uh, trouble with the cutter. But something that I was able to tell a little bit from the stands, but not entirely without having watched the TV broadcast, it looked like the pitch clock and some of these disengagement rules and things of that nature were really messing with Corbin's head. I don't know if that's the sense you got watching on TV. Yeah, I, I think as it goes with Brewer starting pitchers, particularly the aces at least, he is the one that I think is maybe just a little bit more deliberate. And I think there's always a chance that the pitch clock could have an effect. We also know, obviously... Corbin's offseason has not been disrupted by having to go to the World Baseball Classic, but he has uh, been through some stuff with the organization. He is, without doubt, the consummate professional, and he's talked about it's all just about getting to opening day, being focused on going, winning baseball games, and I fully believe that, and if anything, he's probably more motivated than ever this season. But the game has changed, and I think, like it will be for most players, but I think maybe just a little bit more so for him, he might just find something of a squeeze on it. He's not a super slow pitcher, but I think he's the kind of pitcher who, if the pitch clock wasn't there, he would be trolling right around the time that it's expiring. So it's probably just something that's in his head that maybe he's finding a new rhythm. It might be rushing him a little bit little bit more than usual. I mean, the, the, thing that, the thing that stood out to me as I rack my brain also for a game that now feels like it happened a year ago is it just seemed like he was missing he wasn't missing bats in the way that he usually does it didn't end up in the in the cubs absolutely feasting on hits but it even just felt like you know you don't see corbin get kind of felled off as often as he was and the cubs are just seeing his pitches a lot better than i think we're used to opposing teams seeing them and yeah it didn't really get I think it was probably about the fourth inning where he started to settle and look a little bit more like himself. Unfortunately, the damage had been done to some extent then. And it's not the end of the world. It's the first start, but I do think it is something that when we come around to the start against the Mets and going forward, we're going to keep an eye on and say, okay, we've no doubts about Corbin's stuff, but how is he handling everything else? Because as much as... I think the motivation is certainly there from everything that happened with arbitration and probably the understanding where if he would have liked to stay in Milwaukee long term, well, that contract extension is probably not coming. Or if it, if an offer was to come, it's not going to be one he's going to like. Maybe if he struggles to start the season, that stuff starts to weigh on him in a little bit of a different way. So this is not the end of the world. Like it wasn't, it wasn't the worst outing. Ultimately to bring us back to the kind of conversations we had a lot last year, if there was any offense, you probably don't pin this on a pitcher in the way that it feels like we'll probably talk about it. But the Brewers really, really struggled to get anything going. Yeah, that's definitely true. Um, With Burns, I think Wednesday, I don't want to say it'll be telling because it's the second start of the season, but back at home, controlled environment with the environment, (laughs) the temperature and whether or not he can get a feel for the cut fastball. And, you know, we'll, we'll go from there. But like you said, the bats just really didn't get anything going this game. 
Uh, a couple walks from Christian Yelich. Willie Domins had a single and a walk. Rowdy Telez had a walk. Um, William Contreras had a single. Bryce or Bryce Terang had a single, and Brian Anderson had a single and a walk. But not didn't really do anything with all that traffic on the bases. Seven runners left on, on base. Zero for five was runners in scoring position. Just one of those days at the plate. Uh, opening day is always so weird because there's just this heightened importance added to it because of what it is. But in the grand scheme of things, it's one out of 162. So um, one thing we'll get to later, and so this is called foreshadowing, is really impressive ability by the Brewers to turn the page. But Corbin Burns' final line, like you said, close strong after that tough third inning. Five innings pitch, four hits, four runs. They were all earned, three walks, three strikeouts. Uh, Marcus Stroman uh, really locked in on opening day. Uh, scattered six base runners across six innings, three hits, three walks, eight strikeouts. And then their relief core did their job. Keaton Thompson fires a scoreless inning. Old friend Brad Boxberger throws a scoreless inning. From my seat, he did not look good. He had one walk. I thought he was there for the taking, which is something we thought watching him on our team all of last season, and yet he fires a scoreless inning. So uh, what's old is new again, whatever that phrase is. Michael Fulmer closes things down with a scoreless inning and two strikeouts. Uh, on the positive side for the Brewers is we got some really enticing, I guess we'll say, because we'll be looking to see how these performances go the rest of the season. Performances from the bullpen. A scoreless inning from Peter Streslecki on just 10 pitches. Gus Varlin uh, loads the bases, two hits and a walk, but then gets out of it with a strikeout and a couple of their recorded outs. Varlin's stuff is something we've been preaching the gospel of all uh, spring, and it's definitely there. Javi Guerra was the last brewer to work. Looked good in this outing. We'll get to a disappointing outing later in the series, but one inning pitch, one strikeout. Um, I, I think it might have been uh, Kurt Hogue or Todd Rosiak or McAlvey, someone posting a video of the horizontal break on a slider that he's working with this year. Uh, something that can be devastating if he harnesses in the command, um, but that is going to be the issue for him this season. Is Are the walks going to get in the way of that devastating out pitch? So a 4 nothing loss on opening day for the Milwaukee Brewers. 4 nothing to the Chicago Cubs, who, once again, I'll reiterate, hate more than my worst enemy, uh, they, I guess that would make them my worst enemy. The following day, uh, or no, sorry, the following day, I um, pranced around Chicago drinking coffee and sipping wine uh, like a tourist. On Saturday, however, there was more Brewers and Cubs baseball. Brandon Woodruff on the mound against Justin Steele. And this was the first time that most of GSPN met in person. So like I said, I would get self-indulgent during this uh, part of the podcast at Murphy's Bleachers, a bar in Wrigleyville, Rohan Cotty, Ty Windish, uh, Adam McGee, Andrew Snyder, Jordan Kresge, uh, met up for the first time and then took in a baseball game in the frigid, windy Chicago weather. Adam, how was your first experience uh, meeting all of your online friends and then uh, watching baseball at Wrigley Field? Because as much as we hate uh, this team, uh, I think it's fun to go and watch your team win a baseball game in the Cubs house. Yes, yeah, so I was talking about this um, yesterday with the the as yet unnamed sixth member of GSPN, Numak, who, who wasn't in Chicago. Um, and he was asking me what I thought of Wrigley, and he is very anti-Wrigley. He's like, I've been there once, I've seen it, now tear it down. I really liked Wrigley. I really liked Wrigley. Would I like it a lot more on a summer's day? Definitely. It was incredibly cold. Appreciated the Brewers warming our hearts by the end of it, um, but no, it was it was great to 
probably probably a lot to process as all of this is moving very fast as you said we have a very busy schedule but to get to meet everyone to get to all be together at a game to get my first brewers game my first baseball game um i was glad it was at wrigley field at one of these old historic stadiums i thought that added something extra to it and particularly as someone from a from a sporting culture where you you don't go to games as an away fan and sit amongst the home fans and get to really revel in their absolute misery i found that so much fun that was so so spectacular we'll get into how the game played out um but (laughs) in reality for our experience it played out perfectly because it set cubs fans up to think oh yeah this is our day again we're gonna have two wins to start the season and the brewers had other ideas and there's something really really fun about getting to be in wrigley field and watch just the air come out of that place and just see the little pockets of brewers fans standing up cheering in those runs um so that was very exciting i mean the other thing that i guess we didn't really dive into on game one it might be goes across all three games which is the exciting thing but obviously we had bryce make his debut in game one uh Luis Arias get injured in a what will be a six to eight week spell on the IL by the sounds of things from Craig Council. And that meant that Joey Weimer got the call up. So I wasn't right. We didn't get him for opening day, but we got him for opening day minus one. And we got to see him get his first start in Wrigley. He was taunted very loudly by Cubs fans for most of the afternoon. Didn't phase him. Um, came up with big double first hit on his debut in the major leagues very very impressive i mean it goes without saying the rookies are pretty good and <laughs> really really good fun to add to everything else that we've talked about though we've been really excited to see these guys we've been hoping that the brewers would promote them and just true three games and not necessarily by design or true the brewers choice we can see the dynamics of the team shifting we can see the shape of what this team could become all of a sudden the speed on the base paths is electrifying like we saw what the addition of mitchell late last season as one guy who could do that what that brings like you got bryce with a stolen base in in this game and it just completely changes the profile of the team the brewers look young athletic vibrant exciting and it's without really taking away any of the pop or any of the things that were good about the team last year. And that may lead to a more well-rounded offense. I think there's a lot to like, honestly, about all three rookies defensively. So this could be something, and maybe there will be ups and downs early in the season. You don't draw it up this way. But the Brewers could be a considerably better team come late in the year, come hopefully playoff time for being forced into this for these guys getting a chance to come up and perform as we've spoken about off mic and the funny part of all of this is even in recent days Sal Freelick is still like being touted as a potential rookie of the year and he's the guy who's still down in the minors so there's there's more to come we know that we know we can go even further to Churio and uh, Jeff Sacrero it's like there, there's so much to be excited about as a Brewers fan but to see these guys come up look good and make an impact right away is something that I don't think we can take for granted. And the Brewers look like a different team for that. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate 
isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. Yeah, Weicho going down with that uh, hamstring injury at the end of game one is tough, but getting to see the rookies come up and make an impact is just incredibly exciting. Joey Weimer on that double. Um, it's a it's a bloop to to right field, and he's thinking too right out of the batter's box. Just the way he's like marauding down the baselines is something that's going to be so fun to watch. And speaking about the defense, that's a really por- a really important thing because Craig Council, <clears throat> in giving Bryce Terang the opening day job at second base, mentioned that his range defensively, especially with the new shift rules, is going to be something that's very important. Joey Weimer, it should be noted, made his debut in center field uh, going against a left-hander, so Garrett Mitchell got the day off until his pinch hit appearance. Um, but Weimer is a guy, I think it was Keith Law's kind of snapshot of um, what scouts think of him and what he projects to be um, moving forward. Think that long-term he could be plus in center field, and you've got a guy like Garrett Mitchell who projects to be plus in center field. So when Mitchell's in center, Weimer's in right with his cannon of an arm. You've got Bryce Terang at second, pairing that with a veteran like Willie Adamas at short. This has the potential to be a very, very good defensive team. Great even, and a lot of that is due to the rookies and getting to see them all um, at one time and hopefully eventually uh, Freelick will will get the call as well is just uh, – great I mean we said it when we were watching the freshmen and how much it was like we were eating it up uh marketing these guys as the exciting players they are and then watching them go out and do it on the field um it's just a a lot of reason for optimism and there's optimism on opening weekend uh for every team every year except the Pirates and the Reds um 
and uh, the Kansas City Royals. I'm just going to just keep shitting on other franchises, but it's fine. Um, moving on to the actual game at play, uh, as we got to watch and, and learn about how each of our colleagues take in games in person, me slugging beers like their Gatorade, Ty stoically making uh, comments here or there, Adam soaking it all in, Rohan, like on playback, calling out plays as they happen, and Jordan Tresky's just booming laughter, filling the ballpark, uh, just a delightful experience all the way around. Brandon Woodruff on the mound against Justin Steele. As we said, a hilarious thing that you might, I guess you might have got an even better idea if you're watching on TV. It seems like they let the players warm up too early on the field. So Mike Brasso's on the box, Justin Steele's done throwing, and the Cubs game ops plays a hype video after everyone had warmed up. We were just sitting there looking around like we had just taken crazy pills. Uh, if Garrett Cole had been on the mound during that, he would have tried to get that game ops person fired. What a moment it was to experience in the ballpark. Uh, Justin Steele looked rattled in the first after that happened, but he really settled down. Um, this was another game where offense would be in short supply. Steele goes six innings, uh, three hits, no runs, one walk, eight strikeouts. Looked great, but you know who looked better despite giving up a run was Brandon Woodruff. Six innings pitch, three hits, one run. It was earned on an Ian Happ solo homer in the six. Just one walk and eight strikeouts. Uh, Woody looks absolutely locked in. I think you and I, again, have been unfortunately agreeing for lack of dramatic purposes that Woody if we had to pick a guy that's going to be in the Cy Young hunt this year it's going to be him uh on this roster not to say that Corbin Burns can't do that but uh, we think Woodruff is just really coming into his own and maybe entering his peak as a starting pitcher in Major League Baseball uh what did you think about getting to see Woody in person because obviously it's an experience for someone that's never seen a baseball game in person and especially never seen someone as elite as Woodruff. Yeah, well, I mean, the funny thing right now is my my view of Major League Pitching is Brandon Woodruff. That's my, my range of experience. And honestly, I'm going to get Freddie, I'm going to get Corbin in person from a Brewer's perspective. So that is the ideal. It's also not going to give me the widest range. Uh, he looked absolutely fantastic. I think people who listen probably know one of my absolute favorite players on the team, probably my favorite of the, the pitchers. And, yeah, just locked in. This stuff was electric. And we talked about just how cold it was. Like, it, not an easy place to start your season, I think, is maybe something we should reflect on as the Brewers continue to keep having to do this, it seems like. But starting at Wrigley at this time of year, like, you do have the potential for things to go wrong. And so it happened for Woody there last year. Um, it was a real pity that Ian Happ got him right when it seemed like he was going to get out there. He's just looking for one out. Um, and as that one extended, I know I was just staring at the pitch count going up and up. And I'm like, this is pushing it to the limits, I think, for the first start of the season. He ultimately finished up on 97 pitches, which is a lot for your first start. Um, I don't think Craig would have wanted it to quite go there. He got caught with one, but hey, there's not a whole lot you can do about that. Overall, he was fantastic. 8Ks. And I personally, I probably would have pulled him after the homer because it felt like, okay, he was pushed right to where was probably his limit. Craig left him in to get the out and get his, his six innings. But yeah, it's exactly the kind of start you'd expect from Woody. I think we'll see a lot more of this, and he should feel very, very good about it. Fun to see a, a pitcher's deal as well. I mean, it, we tend to see a lot of those with the Brewers, but to, to actually get one in person and 
to really get the full experience i think of okay well both starters have their stuff let's see what happens when it gets handed over to the bullpen and that's what proves to be decisive yeah after uh that home run allowed in the bottom of the sixth uh he would get out of the inning with a cody bellinger fly out uh javier Assad turns in a scoreless seventh for the cubs peter streslecki turns in another scoreless inning in the bottom of the seventh and that brings us to the top of the eighth inning brian anderson singles to lead off the inning uh garrett mitchell walks to move anderson to second and then jesse winker would pinch it for joey weimer singles up the middle scores anderson and moves garrett mitchell to third uh willie adamas would draw a walk after a mike brasso ground out uh yelich would strike out swinging and that would uh, bring william Contreras up to the plate with two outs and runners on uh Contreras had had a tough day to that point, not by any of his own doing. Hit the ball hard twice right at Dansby Swanson. Uh, Swanson, the first one, makes a backhand stab to start a double play. The second time, uh, I think he kind of lays out, or at least very tough to his left, and then just fires as quickly as possible and throws a roller over to first base to get him. So uh, Dansby Swanson tormenting two former Atlanta Braves on this standpoint and uh or in this circumstance and uh boy was it annoying but William Contreras would come through with a bloop single to right field to score Garrett Mitchell and uh Bryce Terang uh nothing doing for the Cubs in the bottom of the eighth Matt Bush turns in a scoreless inning which was very nice to see after a tough spring training and an up and down second half after he was acquired last year uh, Mark Leiter Jr. then comes on and tosses a scoreless top of the ninth, leading to a 3-1 score in the bottom of the ninth inning. Uh, Devin Williams comes on. Uh, Dansby Swanson reaches on an infield single single that hit off of Williams. Ian Happ then singled to put runners on first and second. Uh, he would then induce a Cody Bellinger double play and then strike out Miles Masturbunny swinging. The Brewers come away victorious with a 3-1 uh, win. William Contreras, Jesse Winker, Brandon Woodruff and Devin Williams playing hero uh, in this game. Also, Matt Bush and Peter Strzelecki. Got to give a shout-out to the bullpen. That was our big question mark going into the season. And the first two games of the season, they turned in scoreless efforts. And can't really ask much more than that. Anything else to add on Game 2 before turning it over to Sunday? Uh, just to say, like we, we also got the absolute typical Devin Williams experience. Um, which it, it's it's funny because when you are at the games, I'm sure many people listening have had this experience where it's like, okay, two-run lead, going into the night, great, we're getting Devin. But also you're prepared for what that might mean, which is, yeah, we could see one or two guys get on base. And then he just, look, he just wants to make himself feel alive, just wants to make all of us feel alive, and we can close it out from there. So there was even, although that added some unnecessary stress, it also it got Cubs fans excited again, only for them to shuffle out with their heads down very miserably a few minutes later. So that made it all the better. Again, I'd just like to stress that as much as it seemed like, oh God, this Brewers team can't score any runs, it's worth remembering that they had gone 17, 16 innings without a run. Um up until that point i mean not the greatest cause for optimism that oh the runs are going to come but to see the cubs have that lead and to think they're there and the Bruce turn around was spectacular and again shout out to the rookies um seeing them on base some pinch running 
at that time or it's pinch hitting getting the rookies in the game to run i mean that's also something that's going to add a very different dynamic depending on what kind of lineups we see craig put out he should just have more options late in games to be like okay let's let's go and score some runs once we get in position which maybe that's something we don't talk about enough and um, all of the kind of squandered opportunities last year the brewers did not have the kind of speed that they now have like the the chances of cashing in when they get runners in scoring position has probably increased with the likes of bryce mitchell and we were absolutely uh speed kills and speed thrills and that's a perfect transition to sunday's game which we saw much less of as we were uh in the milwaukee art museum uh, a delightful place I, I must say so highly recommend it um i the the point you make about the cubs fans getting their hopes up and then having them just dashed in the final moments was great because then we you know five grown men that are just very excited about meeting each other for the first time get to take their group photo around a bunch of Cubs fans just trying to head for the exits and catch their train uber get in their car and you know what we were standing our ground we were uh we were we were there for our photo and we were there for uh them to have to watch us hang the l flag which is is what we did the w was not flying at wrigley and the l would fly again on sunday again a game we didn't see a ton of but eric lauer on the mound against Jameson Tyon. The Cubs would get the the scoring started off first. Once again, Dansby Swanson singles to score Nico Horner. I am really excited not to watch Dansby Swanson play baseball for the foreseeable future. He's a very handsome man. He's a very talented uh, hitter and shortstop defensively, but I'm just I'm just over it. Uh, so, sorry. In the second inning, Bryce Terang would answer, answer with a double to right to score Rowdy Tellez to make it 1-1. After the second inning and the second, the Cubs would jump back in front with a Patrick Wisdom home run. The back-and-forth game would continue in the third inning. Willie Adamas hits a sacrifice fly to center to score Christian Yelich. And then in the fourth, the Brewers would take control of this game. A Garrett Mitchell triple to right field scores Brian Anderson. Uh, If you haven't seen the highlight of that, I mean, just absolutely electric to watch him go around the bases. Like we said, the, the rookies are fast, and they're exciting to watch. In the sixth inning... Jesse Winker extends the lead uh, a bit with a single that would score Bryce Terang and Joey Weimer. Again, the highlight of watching Weimer close in on Bryce Terang as they both prepare to cross home plate. Uh, you know, we keep gushing about the rookies. We're sorry, but we're not sorry. Uh, Eric Lauer goes five and a third innings pitched in this game. Five hits, two runs. They're both earned two walks, uh, six strikeouts. So, obviously something we know that Lauer can struggle with from time to time is homers and walks, but he settled in after a start where it seemed like uh, the Cubs were going to continue to, to pile up runs every inning, but after the second, they didn't score. So good on Lauer for, for fighting through command issues and uh, getting himself back into a groove. Following the Winker single that made it 5-2, to two, Willie Adamas would single to make it 6-2. Uh, Brian Anderson follows that with a sacrifice fly to score Jesse Winker, 7-2. And then Garrett Mitchell uh, back at the plate with a single to make it Eight to two Brewers after the sixth inning, and the seventh Jesse Winker adds a sacrifice fly, scoring Bryce Terang. Nine two after seven innings, and the Brewers are in control of this uh, baseball game. Uh, the Cubs would get one back in the seventh inning on a uh, Patrick Wisdom home run that was off of um, Yoel Piamps, who pitched one and two thirds innings, two hits, one run, one strikeout, and that home run to Patrick Wisdom. 
In the eighth inning, uh, Javi Guerra comes on to pitch. Not his day. Uh, just records one out, allows a hit. Two runs, both earned. Two walks. So like we said, the command and control will be the, the thing to watch for Guerra moving forward. Uh, the Jan Gomes sacrifice fly makes it 9-4. to four. Uh, Cody Bellinger's ground out into a fielder's choice makes it 9-5. to five. Uh, That was off of Hobie Milner, who had come in to replace Guerra. Records two outs, no hits, uh, no earned runs, uh, no strikeouts. But, uh, yeah, a, a good first inning of the season for Hobie Milner. Um, and then Gus Varland comes on in the ninth to close things out. An inning pitch, uh, one hit, no runs, no walks, oh, a strikeout. Another great outing from him. And just a game uh, where the Brewers did something that, you know, we didn't associate with them last year. Last year, they I think they hit the third most home runs in baseball. Um, the way they got their scoring done was via the long ball. And here was a series where Rowdy Tellez didn't have it. Willie Adamas didn't have it. And yet they still found a way to win two out of three baseball games. Uh, Christian Yelich, I forgot to say, had a, had a pretty good series uh, despite all the strikeouts. Goes two for five, two runs scored, uh, and a walk in this game. Hit a double. Uh, so overall, just a game where the Brewers got guys on, got them in, and were running the base paths fast and ferociously. Um, and then uh, Lauer fights through it. Garland closes, or Varland, excuse me, closes things down. I think Adam and I are safely on the Gus bus, and we're are ready for that experience all season. And two out of three at Wrigley Field. I gotta say, I couldn't be more happy with this uh this opening series um especially because of how many things went wrong with guys that you expect to be like meaningful contributors to this to this lineup uh the newcomers made up for some of the mainstays just uh struggling to start all aboard the ghost bus uh i I think one thing that i will note from this game because i wonder how many times it happened last season if it happened at all was a hit parade every single brewer got a hit that is new <laughs> because as you mentioned Rowdy didn't have his best in this series Willie didn't have his best in this series last year that probably spells doom for the Brewers so to be able to go without that and just have more well-rounded hitting is certainly something that was high up on our wish list um, that's a real positive two guys we will talk a little bit more about in a couple of minutes but I just want to shout out here um, helping to change that and to the newcomers Brian Anderson might be the player of the series for the Brewers um, on base 50% of the time 3 hits, 3 walks we saw him at third base, we saw him at right field just as good at both spots looking really consistent that looks like an awesome pickup already I think we were pretty pleased with just good, steady capable, versatile player Um. If anything, he might fit in even better to the mix now with the rookies there and maybe some of the options and how guys may move around and some of the lineup configurations. Really impressed with him. Jesse Winker hasn't looked fantastic, um, but probably in ways that you would expect, but he's come up with big hits. And when there's an opportunity to score and Jesse Winker's getting to the plate, that's where he's finding his hits that's again really positive i mean even if he just proves to be someone who's very steady clutch hitter we talked a lot about the signing happened about he probably just needs to be a dh some adventures from what we've heard again we were only really locked in on the the final few innings of this game um but with his his running and some of his decision making with his running in this one but 
if you get the version of him that was around a couple of years ago, um, then the Brewers have a really capable hitter, and hopefully that pays off and, and brings something different. But I, I like seeing early in the season a day where everyone gets a hit. That's always a good thing. Yeah, I really like the mix and the balance of this lineup, and when the home run hitters uh, start finding their power again, I think there are going to be uh, multiple ways for this team to score uh, throughout a ball game, and, and that's uh, something to look forward to. Will we move on to our first Master Brewer leaderboard of the season? Let's do it, Adam. We're ready to start tailgating. Not actually, but uh, first on the list, Bryce Terang, three for seven, two walks, one double, or one walk. No, I was, was going to say, just before before you dive right into it, so people who, well, we got a lot of new listeners over the offseason, a lot of people who probably didn't listen last year, so... I guess first of all, let's let's do what the Master Brewer leaderboard is. Our pods, for those who have us for a long time, will know we generally follow series to series. We'll recap, we'll talk with the series, and that's how our episodes roll out. With that, we have what we call the Master Brewer leaderboard, where we track the performance of brewers across the entirety of the season. We keep a running tab on our Substack, gspnthesubstack.com. You can sign up. You get these emails direct to your inbox where Andrew will do a little write-up on the guys we've picked out as the stars throughout that series. You can see the running total. And what we do is we award Master Brew points. And what they are is they're beers. Last year, Ready to Les came out on top as our Master Brewer for the season. And we talked a lot and we had we had a lot of very uh, you made a reference earlier andrew of all the agreement we have i think absolutely the fieriest parts of our podcast over the course of last year were related to master brewer leaderboard and who should get a beer and who shouldn't and who was a good relief pitcher and who wasn't and that kind of thing um with that we're changing up a little bit this year so i'm going to show in this episode but last year it was really you know, if, if you had a good series, you get one Master Brew point. Great series, you get two. And we thought that was maybe a little bit too flat because the bar for two ended up being like um, Rowdy setting a franchise RBI record or Colton Wong having three homers, stuff like that, which there's a lot in between that, which could come from multiple very strong games in the series that we needed to find some middle ground. So this year... Sometimes players will get one master brew point. The option will be there for someone who really impresses to get two. And then for truly, truly spectacular standout achievements, three master brew points are on the table. So what we hope this does is level it out. One, I think, give pitchers a greater chance to to find themselves in the mix. And for starters, that's obviously a tricky thing against position players. So we're trying to work out a balance there. But even for relievers, I think one of the reasons we changed this was Devin ended up a little bit lower than we thought was probably reflective of how good he was last season. So with that in mind, Andrew, you can take it away. Thank you, Adam. Yes, you know, it's it's a unique experience, this episode, passing the mic back and forth. So uh, we're, we're, we're here to, to do our best. Uh, Bryce Terang leads things off, three for seven, two walks, 
one double, one RBI, three runs scored, and a stolen base. One thing I want to say about Bryce, obviously played the great defense as well. Sometimes you just meet a guy and you're like, and I haven't met Bryce Turing. I've just watched him play baseball. But you meet a guy and you're like, that's the coolest guy I've ever met in my entire life. And that's how I feel when I watch Bryce Turing play baseball. Or just like hitting the cage uh, on the freshman, which again is great. Go watch that. Uh, just, you know, walking around, very cool, just going about his business. A lot of respect for him. Uh, Joey Weimer, two for seven with a double, a run scored. Uh, just plays the game like his hair's on fire, and that's just so fun to watch. Hate that Weicho had to go down for him to get his chance, but glad to see uh, Weimer be in the majors and excited about playing for the Brewers. Garrett Mitchell, two for ten, a walk, a triple, an RBI, one run. Uh, the triple, again, go watch it. William C- Contreras, so mixed bag at the plate, had the four strikeouts, but two for eight, two RBI, and that hit Saturday was essentially a game-winning hit. So big contribution there. Brian Anderson, three for eight, three walks, an RBI, two runs scored. Again, fitting into this offense nicely, playing right field, playing third base. Jesse Winker, tough opening day, 0 for 4 with three strikeouts. Followed that up with a really good pinch hit appearance uh, Saturday, and then a great day at the plate Sunday, three for eight, a double, a walk, four RBI, one run scored. Christian Yelich, didn't talk about him much on this podcast, kind of just blended into things, and he, like I said, struck out a bunch at the plate, but was three for 11 with three, three walks, a double, two runs scored, lived on base. Brandon Woodruff, six innings pitched, three hits, one walk, one run, eight strikeouts. Peter Strezlecki, the the best relief arm of the weekend, in my opinion. Two innings pitched, no hits, no walks, no runs, one strikeout. Gus Varlin, two innings pitched, three hits and a walk, but no runs, two strikeouts. So with one beer through three games of the season, we've got Bryce Terang, Joey Weimer, Garrett Mitchell, William William Contreras, rather, Brian Anderson, Jesse Winker, Christian Yelich, Brandon Woodruff, and Peter Strzelecki, Gus Farland, rounding out the group. That brings us to the week ahead. In mere hours, Adam and I will be walking over to Amer- American Family Field. I'll probably get in a, be getting a brandy old-fashioned at a baked potato. Who knows? Um, but today, April 3rd, a Monday, 1.10 p.m. first pitch, Freddie Peralta versus Carlos Carrasco. Tomorrow, April 4th at 6.40 p.m., Wade Miley on the mound against Max Scherzer, and if you want to join us at Pilot Project here in Milwaukee to watch that, uh, yeah, come on by. Wednesday, April 5th, we'll finish out the series against the New York Mets, 1240 first pitch, Corbin Burns versus David Peterson. And, uh, yeah, this Milwaukee Brewers season is off and running, a 2 and one start, which we'll take right now. Um, excited to see what happens today at the ballpark during the home opener. Haven't been this excited for a Major League Baseball game in quite some time, so looking forward to watching it with you, Adam, and Jordan Tresky, and uh, all the Brewers fans in attendance. I think I think that's all we've got for for episode one of the 2023 season, uh, one that was recorded in very interesting style. It sure was. Um, yeah, like you, I can't wait. We are going to be having no time at all. Next time you hear from us, we'll have the full experience. I mean, we're, we're doing the tour this week, too. So we're really going to soak up all things Brewers, all things an Amfam. And I guess that's been something of the missing element for both of us on the pod. And it's something we want to set right. So it's great to be able to do that right at the start of our second season doing this. So hopefully we see some more great Brewers performances. A couple more wins would be very nice. And yeah, you'll hear again from us very very soon so if 
you like what you hear, if you want to make sure you don't miss a single episode throughout the season, you want to stay on top of all things Brewers. As I said, we do episodes series to series. So, look, we know it's a long season. It's a grueling season. A lot of people can't lock in and watch every single game. If you want to stay on top of things, I think we offer a pretty good, convenient way of doing so. We'll talk you through what happened, who's standing out, and you'll get a, a good sense of where the Brewers are at collectively and individually over the course of the year. Subscribe where you get your podcast, Cruising for a Bruising. Of course, you should also subscribe to the rest of the GSPM pods. That's the main feed, the Eurostep Podcast Network, for all things Milwaukee Books. Home to the Eurostep with Ty Winnish and Rowan Caddy, if it hasn't already happened. I believe an episode will be dropping very, very soon, where those two will talk about seeing the Bucks beat the Sixers, and maybe an element of our entire GSPN crew getting to take that in together. Win and Six also lives on that feed, myself and Jordan Tresky. Probably not going to be an episode this week, because <laughs> Jordan is joining Andrew and I in soaking up all of the live sports possible, um, but we'll be back and I'll reflect on uh, the books elements of this trip on Win and Six next week. Talking to Tundra, Jordan and Numak are working through uh, the Packers offseason and they're waiting and waiting and waiting and they're playing the waiting game and maybe, just maybe, we'll have some news soon on when Aaron Rodgers' time with the Green Bay Packers will come to an end. And last but no means least, make time for this. Home for all things, pop culture, movies. Andrew and I love chopping up there. Again, unlikely to be an episode this week. I'd say almost certainly won't be an episode this week, but normal service will resume next week. We'll have movies to talk about. We'll definitely, I'd say, lead off with succession because we probably, if the trip hadn't been uh, the way it had, we probably would have had some succession pods already. We're having a lot of fun watching the new season of that show. Join repod.com forward slash cruising for bruising. If you want a new place to listen to all your favorite podcasts, if you want a chance to interact with us and share your thoughts on any given episode, any topics that come up, brewer stuff, repod is the app for you. You can follow all your favorite pods. You can listen in app on their own player, and you can go to the Cruising for Brewing and post on any episode. And we keep a close eye there, and we'll go back and forth with you on it. I think that's it. To those of you that we'll see for the watch party on Tuesday, look forward to meeting you. Until next time, thanks again to all of you for listening. Thank you, Andrew. The opening day lineup is out. Thanks, Adam. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance.
Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.